everyone and welcome back to series two of Do You Know What? I'm Rabbi Charlie Beginsky, I'm the CEO of Liberal Judaism and I am super excited to be beginning our second series of Do You Know What? with my great friends and fellow presenters and sharers of our virtual studio, Leo Mandel and Rebecca Singerman-Knight. I am very well, Charlie, and it's so good to see you. For some reason, we didn't see you at the weekend, and we will get into why you couldn't be bothered to turn up to um, an exciting event. What happened at the weekend, Rebecca? I had an adult bat mitzvah on Saturday, just gone. So I'm still kind of like 48 hours kind of post bat mitzvah bliss slash exhaustion so i may make even less sense than usual but charlie it's fine i know you also had a very another another very important event and i know you were there in spirit so i i'm not at all upset that you didn't turn up it's so funny because we're back in person now in many of our places or at least doing some sort of hybrid and i've been used to in this one of the great privileges of this period in this job has been i've been able to be in two places at once. And one of the pains of not being able to be in two places at once meant that I did miss this weekend because if we'd have been on Zoom, I'd have been able to be in both. So I was so sorry to miss your Abermint Star, which we have been building up to. But I was with Rabbi Leah Jordan at her inauguration at our Kihila, one of our communities in uh, Stoke Newington, which was also a beautiful event. But I really, really missed being with you guys. Let's cover that first because obviously Rebecca's going to take up rest of this conversation it's all about her but let's talk about what happened in Stoke Newington this is uh, Leah Jordan taking over Kahila North London can you just explain a little bit for those that don't know what that community is about and why Leah is such a great person for it um wow big question so Leah actually has been with Kahila for the last year or so but because of um Covid restrictions hasn't managed to do her induction um which rabbis have when they start with a new community. And Kahila uh, framed it all in the context of a wedding. Leah had said that when she joined them, it was a bit like an engagement. And so they made the inauguration, the induction into Leah's uh, sort of wedding with the community. And Leo's right, there does seem to be this great fit. Actually, Stephen Bush, who did our podcast um, in series one, is a member of Kahila. But they're quite a radical community who, uh, they had a great rabbi in uh, Shulamid Ambalu, who was their um, first rabbi. And then they had a spiritual leader in um, Tamara, who's a cantor. Um, and now with Leah. So they're a quite radical community in Stoke Newington in an area where there's lots of interfaith work. Their first chair, Jackie Richards, a previous member of the Board of National Officers, is really into that great crossover between lots of generations. She's famous for her multi-generational dancing. They're a community that really try to include, to radically include and not afraid to um, have strong voices on political and ethical issues on social justice, but also a quite young community. So interestingly, somebody was telling me that they've recently joined the community. They, I don't think they'll mind me saying they're not 
very young and um, but they went to their first event with their husband and they were just amazed that the uh the, that most of the congregation were under 30 which is quite unusual for mm. for many um established jewish communal settings um, and they've got this great new building which is in a church um it's the church hall attached to the church and the reverend of the community was there at leah's inauguration um so it, it's an exciting future i think ahead for a, a growing community that embrace all different people the kiddish can i we just talk about the kiddish for a second we so can, he is we from can. the midwest omar Potere, um, who is one of their members there asked her what's a midwest and kiddish like and leah told him and i cannot tell you i've never been to a kiddish like it, it was amazing but also leah's very into star trek so he also made star trek cookies for her but come on we're, we we need to talk about you rebecca Tell, tell me what I missed. Okay, so, ah, oh, well, I think it was probably a, a Rabbi Rene and Rebecca double act a little bit. Leo, would you say that was fair? Uh, yeah, there was very little time that uh, you weren't on the bimmer with Rene. Um, and Rene is uh, more than used to sharing the limelight with you, <laughs> although uh, Rene is also very good at taking a lot of the limelight himself. <laughs> We're a good team. <laughs> um, which it, which works out really well. For watching, and I've been to many bar mitzvahs over the time, I thought the whole atmosphere was just wonderful. It was just a lovely, warm atmosphere. Particularly, I liked the fact that you had the opportunity to turn around to the congregation um, and say, look, we've got the Torah open. Come and have a look. And they all that had never seen it trooped went up, up onto yeah. the, trooped up onto the bimmer. Have a look at what we're reading from, uh, even if we're ring, reading the wrong parashah for the week, <laughs> um, and see what it looks like. It was wonderful. It was a really nice experience. And I think this is one of the interesting things that we have over this period of time, is that we've gone from a period where maybe we've been hidden in the corners that people don't know exactly know what Judaism is about and they haven't seen it. And with the whole period of this last 18 months, plus people have been able to see what we're like online they've been able to experience uh bar mitzvahs they've been able to experience certain synagogues and see how they operate and now they're coming into the room i ended up talking to somebody during the kiddish afterwards i said oh hi are you a member he he said um well not really i'm actually christian but i've been coming along here for the last three years plus um because they're so welcoming he said i can't go to certain churches because he, he explaining about tinnitus because of the noise in some of the buildings but he's never felt more welcome. Um, I think the fact that we also give away free food at the end also helps to bring anybody in. I think so much stuff strikes me there that we can explore and maybe we'll have to find other opportunities to explore it because we should come back to Rebecca. But just first, that our number of people converting is rising, Yes, right? That I think if we go in two years time and we look at our bet din figures bet din is where people go at the end of their conversion journey um and they meet with with the rabbis i think if we look in two years time our bet din figures are going to be huge if people continue on so it's now our challenge to help them um with the journey but also the number of communities i know of that are really looking at exploring what does it mean to be a member of a community not just because of people who are the partner of somebody who's jewish who's a member of the community but 
also those people who are part of the community in some way. And there's some going to be some really interesting questions to explore there. And I'm really proud of our communities for not shying away from having those discussions, right? For not for actually embracing this as a chance to ask questions rather than to think we'll deal with it when it becomes a problem or yeah we're inclusive up to a point or actually to say right let's let's talk about this let's let's think what it means to be a member of our community so i saw a really interesting quote from the service at kahila at the weekend charlie yeah it came from um rabbi leah jordan did a really beautiful drash on um on her relationship with the community and she said you know what she heard about kahila and she said that she'd been told that they were an eclectic bunch of eccentrics and she said how proud she was to be joining this collection of eccentrics there's so there was something really beautiful in that analogy but i don't see us as eccentric i see us as a collection of people with individual identities and those identities are where the spectrum is and i think that conformity of just one identity isn't something that i think makes sense anymore i mean i the the funny thing is rebecca will know as soon as kiddish comes along up walks to me is janet i'm watching here Rebecca and Charlie are laughing. They know exactly what Janet started talking to me about. Where she'd been to to see drag queens recently. Because she's a real fan of this. And actually, it's something with me tonight. I'm off You're to off go to watch Waku. Priscilla. Hi. Oh, Priscilla. I'm off Sorry. to see Priscilla oh, tonight amazing. with my daughter. It's really great. We are embracing differences. And I, I'm sure Janet wouldn't mind me saying this, but, you know, she is a woman in her early 70s. Yeah, And she does regularly uh, frequent all of these drag club so she was one of the first people kind of out and about I think when things started to open up as well you know as soon as she could she was at the two brewers and with her friends the queens and we've actually got a drag queen guy named Daniel who's joining us at KLS he's going through the conversion process at the moment so you know yeah absolutely it's just everyone is is welcome on on their terms in different ways and what they bring to but it is also i mean before we get too self-congratulatory about it which i think is quite easy for us to do because we are in many ways ahead of the inclusion game mm-hmm. i think one of the things that we we're going to struggle with is is what does it mean to really be inclusive we, you know we're struggling with that with hybrid right um of working out how do we make people who are online and in person feel equal valued is it possible and you know also many of our communities are the first places where people come up against their own prejudices or their own struggles or their own boundaries as well and I think we have to be careful not to be too like we've got this we're on it because we have our own internal and struggles I'm really hoping that in the new year we'll have a whole set of uh, education programs looking on how do we talk about this like how how do we have those conversations that even us big up on inclusion are struggling with Um, and how do we find the language and how do we lead on being able to hold multiple Leo called it identities multiple voices multiple opinions how do we hold that in one space right because you were talking Charlie about Kahila being very radical and very vocal kind of quite and quite political community um and that doesn't work i don't think for all communities i mean i would say for kls we have probably 
I would imagine, I don't know Kahila very well, but from what I understand, I think KLS probably have a broader spectrum of opinions. And I don't think it would necessarily work quite as well to be quite so vocal and kind of political out there, because I think some of our members might find that more challenging and more difficult. So I wouldn't say, although we do have members who are very active in in various different um, sort of campaigns and various different causes, um, it's not something that we kind of engage with directly at a community level. Yeah, I think that's right. But you also see with some other synagogues, they're very forward in certain issues that are there i'm massively proud of is some of the synagogues which take uh, a lead on the issues on refugees around the world and where in particular since we last spoke the afghanistan issue has uh, really come to the front but we aren't just joining that bandwagon we were already on it uh, there's a number of synagogues who have put signs up outside in the past that said you know refugees are welcome here and i think it's something that maybe it's because of our background or some of our background which has said that we've been involved in this in the past and it's by the grace of god we're sitting in comfortable housing now we're sitting with uh, meals on the table etc etc we make we can make opinions and make decisions that we've got to be respectful and help those that are coming on that journey and and are going to get there following us and i, I think, think it's also thing... informed by the torah right you know love the stranger because you were the strangers in your own old land yeah I'm back mitzvah now. I can quote the Torah. You see what yes, I did? we we know we we knew this. Um, I was going to say, you know, Rebecca, for those listening, they're probably still sitting there saying, "Was it a delay because you decided to only do it when you were at least thirteen years in maturity, or um, was it just uh, the other that things got in the way as to why it's why you had why it why I'm having a bat mitzvah at the age of fifty, basically? Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> I, I mean, some of us aren't actually grown up probably still aren't grown up enough yeah, to no, have no, one, I mean, that's yeah it. absolutely I, I don't know if I'm still quite mature enough but um no I mean just to cut a long story short and I might have mentioned some of this on previous episodes so I'm a patrilineal Jew which means my dad was Jewish my mum wasn't when they got together and decided to have a family they decided not to raise myself and my brother in either religion so I didn't have a Jewish upbringing at all and although they didn't give us any Christian education either you kind of get that by osmosis when you grow up in the UK so you know Christmas and Easter was kind of there and we had presents at Christmas and eggs at Easter we didn't go to church or anything any more than we celebrated any of the Jewish uh, festivals but I had no no Jewish upbringing at all but probably from the age well certainly when I was a teenager and certainly in my young adulthood I've always felt very strongly a you know a strong affinity to my Jewish heritage and that just basically got more and more and more the older I got Um, and certainly throughout my 20s and 30s I would definitely have identified as being Jewish, even though I wasn't involved in the Jewish community. So I didn't actually join KLS until my late 40s. And it was really once I joined KLS and became part of that community that I really, you know, really was able to say, that's it, I am now I am now Jewish and I'm part of the Jewish community. I had a confirmation at the baked in. I didn't go through the conversion process because one of the things um, I love about liberal Judaism is that they're not hung up on the matrilineal descent line they basically say if you've had a jewish upbringing 
you're considered to be Jewish, regardless of which one of your parents is Jewish. So it's none of this, it comes down the mother's line. And I think they would have been the same with me had I had a mother who was Jewish and a father who wasn't, but still no Jewish upbringing, they would have still suggested that I go through kind of a year of education and a year of the festivals and stuff like that, and then be had the sort of confirmation of status. So it was, it was more to do with my upbringing rather than which of my parents was Jewish, which just makes so much more sense to me. Um, so I did that, had the confirmation of status about two years ago, and then decided I wanted to go for the bat mitzvah, which, because of COVID, was delayed by 18 months. I think there's a thing in my mind, and the, the saying, Jews by choice, I have some concerns with it. Concerns that sometimes people label people, um, and it's like, as far as I'm concerned, once you're Jewish or you've chosen to be Jewish, you're Jewish. I don't need you to keep questioning it. And I do find it quite disrespectful sometimes when you sit there and you hear people are just, what, what are you, are you definitely Jewish? Are you really Jewish? Exactly. Are you properly Jewish? And it's like. There are some people who are, and I, I'm obviously not going to name names, but I can think of somebody in particular who seems to be very kind of het up about whenever somebody new comes to the community, it's, are you Jewish? And I don't think they mean any offence by it at all. I think it is just that sort of Jewish nosiness and how, you know, wanting to know people's stories. I don't think there's any offence attended at all. I did get asked uh, on Saturday. Um, if you were so Jewish. If I was Jewish, have you have you been to a synagogue before? <laughs> No, just like, uh, a few quite, quite funny <laughs> well, I did find I, it quite funny remember, I haven't been to one in the last 24 hours there, I, I know that there's several people that I know who listen to this podcast who did grow up Jewish but in um, in a United Synagogue in Orthodox Judaism and never had and there many of them are bringing their kids to B'nai Mitzvah now are kind of thinking oh I feel like I, I missed out on something by not doing it and many of them don't have great Hebrew or if Hebrew at all mm. I'm wondering if would you encourage them to do it would you say yes. that something you you're very involved in careless in your community you lead services in many ways um there did something did something change for you by doing it oh that's such a good question um it's do you know what I I I, I yes yes it's definitely it it's an affirmation isn't it it's an affirmation and it's an acceptance when you go through the process in which you've worked for I mean I actually worked for it longer than I was thinking because originally as I said it's 18 months late so I had longer to prepare which is in, in some ways a very good thing um both in terms of learning the Hebrew practicing the lane in writing my devoir Torah but just having had more experience of being part of the community and particularly over the last 18 months with everything I think it was much more meaningful having it this Saturday just gone than it would have been had I had it the 18 months ago I would encourage absolutely anyone to really seriously consider having an adult bar or bat mitzvah even maybe if even if they did have one when they were 13 because as one of my co-congregants who also had an adult bat mitzvah many years ago said to me it's almost wasted on the teenagers they don't necessarily value what it is they're getting from that experience particularly the confidence it gives you to be able to kind of stand up and effectively co-lead a service which is what we're doing in liberal judaism right we're co-leading the service so the confidence it gives you but yeah do it absolutely talk to your rabbi do it so two things on that last week as well as going to your bat mitzvah it was one of those uh, life life cycle weeks i ended up streaming a funeral for a really nice lady on mizorti they were explaining she's got two sons and two daughters and she ended up putting together three bar mitzvahs and two bat mitzvahs and this your question is why why is there an extra one her husband 
also didn't have a bar mitzvah when he was younger. And she put together and did, and he had an adult, adult bar mitzvah. Of which the immortal line, dear bar mitzvah boy and bar mitzvah boy's wife. <laughs> and you, there's something nice about that. Um, exactly. Let's get back to inclusivity. It is. And then yeah. the second bit of it, in my mind, is that we've gone through such a time of negativity. The opportunity to be celebrating things and celebrating life experiences. Things which do matter, but they don't. And that's the thing about a bar mitzvah. It's not something that you actually have to do. It's not something that the world isn't going to end if you don't do it. But it is a great opportunity to celebrate and celebrate with friends and celebrate there. And I think the other thing that I was going to mention is on the, the thing with Kahila and when you were talking about it earlier, Charlie, and the whole thing about that experience and the people there, that's what we're bringing, that mix of this together and these celebrations with people who want to move what we're dealing with and what what people are doing and are actually taking positive statements to move things forward is just a great opportunity to be sitting there saying look we know that there's things happening that aren't particularly great in the world at the moment but also it doesn't mean to say that everything has to be negative and we can actually celebrate and go forward and I think that's something that why I like doing this and why I like doing this with Rebecca and even Charlie when she turns up <laughs> well I think the other thing is after the year 18 months we've all had these events are special anyway I mean a bar mitzvah will always be special a wedding will always be special and as you know I also my daughter got married in August so I've been incredibly blessed to have these two amazing experiences within the last couple of months. And they're special anyway, but I think after 18 months where we haven't been able to see people and so many of these events have been cancelled or postponed, it just magnified it so much more. And I think we're never going to take these things, well, I hope, I certainly feel for myself personally, I'm never going to take these things for granted again, you know, because we lost out on so much. And even just going out for meals with friends and meeting for friends, you know, you know, the things that we would have totally taken for granted before. I think um, you're right. I really, that we shouldn't. I, on Sunday, went to the other uh, temple of North London to uh, break cross. Um, it's my daughter's birthday today. Um, and I went I went to break cross on Sunday and it was heaving. It was literally like people had gone, Boris says, don't panic about Christmas. I mean, it was like the last weekend before Christmas in there. It was heaving. I realised how uncomfortable I felt. I think Rich and I were one of a few who were masked. The majority of people aren't. But also just my own reactions. I'm not used to being in crowds like that. And I really struggled with it. I felt very tired after a very short time there. And I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. I think we're all going through sort of coming out stories. And I don't mean coming out in that way. I mean coming out of lockdown. And I think partly because because we had the wedding in August, which was a very big event, that for me was kind of like the first time I'd been with a lot of people in that kind of environment. So I kind of crossed the threshold, if you like, and now I'm feeling more confident comfortable about those sort of things but I think we all have to go through that and I think we're all at different stages in that just re-acclimatizing ourselves to big crowds and so last time we spoke Charlie um was in the summer before this year we're back schools are all back you're three you've uh, uh, thrown them out the door locked the door um have they changed schools this year no not this year so we're waiting um to see where the middle one will go so that's got to be going in the next few days the eldest isn't gone into year eight and it's my bubba's birthday she's nine today so happy birthday cassia ellie's gone away today talking of like out there she's gone to her school uh, residential they do it in this end of the year 
unlike most year sixes who oh, do right. it at the yeah, other end of the year. Um, so they go now, which is lovely. Um, so she's she, she went off looking like she dressed for a festival. <laughs> Good for her. She's her mother's daughter. I actually thought that was always quite a life-changing experience when they went away for that uh, with school because it is a, an opportunity while they may go away on different things going away for approximately a week with the school uh with their friends is is a really good experience and actually something that we actually promote and do quite often in liberal judaism with our various different camps that we run ourselves there is definitely independence given to people when they spend time away in other environments did i see the all the programs came out in the last couple of weeks about what's happening on what which camps yeah and what's all being the, run uh, this we've year? got all our dates out for the coming year weekends as well and day trips and even next year's summer camp which is great because this time last year we can put anything out because we had no idea what was going to happen even up until the last moment so that's really exciting really really exciting but it ties in as well to the kind of confidence that we were talking about you know with particularly the teenagers when they have their bar bat mitzvahs and their co-leading services yeah going away than most because she's done two weeks five days is like nothing but I also hear what Leo is saying is that there is something different about doing it with different groups of people and one of the things I really like about their school going in the October first of all it's much cheaper for the school and for parents it bonds them for this year so rather than at the end as like a moment of celebration which is nice it gives them actually year six is, is a kind of really transitional moment I think the idea of, of giving them a real strength by doing something communal together at the beginning of the year is a great idea and it does I can remember my years year six well it was fourth year juniors in those days um trip to Tembe and it it was it was great and I still remember that now it leads me on to ask question about what what you're all planning for the, this coming year I, I mean I put my snowboard trip in three times in the last two years that have all been cancelled I've got another one now booked for January I'm hoping it's going to happen where are you planning are either of you planning to oh, go well, away I, I, my latest plan to go to Israel was going to be this Thursday which I've postponed again for about the fourth time so I've now booked that for next April just before Pesach I'll be back at Pesach so I'm hoping that's going to go ahead now I mean that, that that should be okay for now. And Charlie? I'm not sure. Um, I've got a mitzvah in April, so your uh, mitzvah, Charlie, no, is no, something not you're my telling us? My, my son, which you know, equally <gasps> kind of momentous. Oh, the first what's his grandchild. portion? What's his portion? Well, he should have been in December, so he was going to have on the yeah. anniversary of my 30 years of my bat mitzvah. He was going to um, read maquettes, but instead, he's going to read Achromot, which at first he wasn't very excited about because Achromot is after the death of. It comes after Aaron's sons, and it deals with the scapegoats with sending a goat out to Azazel um, very strange portion but actually my my son is a huge Marvel fan and um, we've discovered this Marvel character who's called Azazel and so through his portion we've kind of been looking at how does this idea of uh, this kind of demon in the desert come from and how it emerges through text and it's it's been a great adventure is he really embracing it? He's, it's, it's been amazing. He's taken real responsibility for his portion and for making me teach him. But also my dad is teaching him as well, which just talking about recently, my dad and I were on, um, we, we opened the AJR, the Association of Jewish Refugees um, Conference, talking about being, uh, how forming it was being second and third generation refugees, um, Jewish mm-hmm. refugees. Really conscious with with Josh's B'mitzvah coming up about that kind mm-hmm. of 
of coming to this country with no family and now being established and having, you know, the third generation of the mitzvah, of B'nai Mitzvah here. And um, and my dad teaching Josh, I, there's something very... Yeah, um, happening. And, you know, I, I come from a big line of criers and it makes me, I, I don't know how I'm going to get through. I'm very glad I'm not the rabbi in this situation. We've got the amazing Rabbi Neil James is our rabbi and um, I'm very glad we're in him in his hands so when's um, that that's april, that's april you say, 23rd Charlie? we're in a scout hut leo i keep thinking of you every time um <laughs> we've we hired a scout hut we booked a okay, big okay. scout hut in um amersham because south park doesn't have its own um okay. its own, oh, own so that's the venue for the actual for the for everything itself. everything morning everything, to the, the party evening and everything afterwards everything in one place oh, wow yeah. wow um but so traveling that's kind of my focus but um mm. I'm really hoping that um, international trips, particularly my job international trips, um, start up again. Quite fancy Australia. Um, you know, if there's any Australian trees the out hasn't there. Opened up. I'm not yet, but you know, we're talking about years time. <laughs> yeah, we'll um, be okay. Yeah. Quite fancy an invite out. I'd love to go back and see our South African communities and um, would like to be in the States um, as well at some point. And obviously, Israel. Next I'm year in Jerusalem. Lots of trips coming up. <laughs> Shana One of our regular things is to talk about uh, what we're listening to, watching and seeing. Um, I'm already getting eyes from Rebecca like she's got something <laughs> super exciting to tell us. It's not so, very original, So uh, we'll leave though. her to last or not. So, Charlie, what have you been uh, watching and listening to? Listening. I'm back on Audible. I've been e- listening to a lot of books recently, which I'm really enjoying. Really, really. Uh, because I'm back in the car. So I've been doing quite a bit of driving. So um, it's been great to get back into listening to books but watching there are quite a few um new dramas um on so i'm kind of watching all of those i'm finding it quite bizarre that the same character features quite regularly in so i, I can't quite keep up with who's in what and what they're doing but i love a psychological drama so i i'm enjoying the the multitude of those and bake-off is back so um i'm uh, uh, i'm i'm loving bake-off being back and strictly is uh my uh, so come on, Rebecca. What is it? That it's you're not very original because about? everyone is talking about it. But I've discovered Succession, and oh my goodness, it's very, very good. So I mean, I think the third series is literally just dropping today or something. Which obviously, by the time this goes out, will be a week or so ago. Um, and I knew I, there was a lot of hype about it. A few people I knew had watched it. It's actually been around for a few years. But I thought, well, with the third series coming up, I'll give it a go. And the first thing that totally grabbed me was the music. I mean, the theme tune is just incredible. I can already play it on the piano. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's you know when the Americans do a drama well, they do it really, really well. And this they're doing really, really, really well. It's just got I mean, all of the characters are very unlikable, but incredibly well drawn and incredibly well acted and incredibly believable. To the point where you actually like them even though they're not not very nice people. But they've all got their own issues and it becomes so obvious what their psychological issues are. And there's this overall father, this kind of patriarch figure. And the dialogue is brilliant and the filming is brilliant. I mean it's it's as good as everyone says it is. So I'm halfway through series two at the moment and I know series three has just dropped. So huge recommendation. But everyone's talking about it. So I might have just jumped on a massive bandwagon. So me, I'm watching Sex Education, the latest series. It's brilliant. Is it funny? It's absolutely brilliant. Is it comedy? It's not just funny. The thing with it, and this is where Netflix are exceptional. So not only is the characters 
really, really well written. Not only is the dialogue well delivered, but the cinematography of this is outstanding. It's beautiful. The scene setting is great. Everything about it just feels great. And for me, the issues that they cover in sex education and the way they cover them in an adult and understanding approach is very, very good. And I was talking to my daughter about this and she's saying that it's one of the best programs that she watches where she says that they treat uh, these issues with a maturity and deliver factual information that doesn't sort of jump too far out and, and make it, it worth watching. So I think it's a great program. Uh, once I've got through succession, I'll watch that then because it's kind of on my radar. And then, as you know, tonight I'm off to Priscilla. go see Priscilla. Where is Priscilla. it? Is it in town? Is it in West End? No, I think I'm going to Woking actually. Oh, um, <laughs> okay. Dragging Woking. Who knew? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's that's where it's on. So we're off to go see Woking. I did see it in the West in many years ago when it was on a, I think the one in Cambridge Circus, I can't even remember. It's great on the stage. I mean, the film's amazing, but it's it's great on the stage as well. So you'll have a lovely time. Are you dressing up, Leo? No, and I don't know if people do dress up. I don't know, but I think you should anyway, just, and then post it on Facebook no. just to entertain all of us. No, I don't think, I, don't, I no. think there's things that Jess, need if to you're listening, ever... although it would be out done by then. <laughs> no, well, we're seeing that tonight. Uh, and then we are seeing on this weekend, on Sunday, we are off to see Rocky again. How so many times is Rocky that, Leo? Horror. Enough. No, not enough. Do you dress up for Rocky? No. Why not? Does because, Jess dress up? Uh, no, no. We just enjoy it. We enjoy the atmosphere. We enjoy watching it. We enjoy the audience participation. And I think that's the biggest thing about it is that sort of ability to enjoy things. It's amazing. It is amazing how that has stood the test of time. I went to see Rocky when I was seven months pregnant, which, as you know, was a very long time ago because my daughter has now got married. <laughs> so, and I remember going and I did dressed up I dressed up I think it was magenta I think I dressed up as magenta and I was skinny in those days amazingly but as you know I was quite young so I was one of those skinny pregnant women but with a very large bump so people would sort of look at me and then they'd do like a double take (laughs) so be like there's a very young pregnant woman at Rocky Horror dressed up as magenta if you want to come and see it with uh, me and Jess we're also going to see it in the cinema in Uxbridge uh, next Thursday Thursday week I tell you what if you ever happen to be in the south west London area to see Rocky hook me up Uh, yeah, we have actually seen it in the South West. Right, well, next We've time you do, let Richmond. me know. Oh, well, if it comes but, back, I'll join uh, you both. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to get the Rose Theatre to do it. Oh, that would be fun. Oh, they, well, then we'll have a KLS outing and I will I will put you-know-who in charge of the costumes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that will, be, that will be all over Twitter. <laughs> I have a question, though, for um, particularly for our listeners. We're now Series 2. We're not... Mm-hmm. We're, we're kind of uh, in our next stage and I know that coming up we've got another family episode I'd like to hear whether there anybody that we didn't get on last series and that our listeners would like to have on our virtual sofa in this series I mean obviously we don't have huge amounts of sway but we'd be interested to know we can try exactly (laughs) please let us know we're in all the usual social media places thanks to the marvellous Rebecca so Mm -hmm. let us know on Twitter let us know on Facebook who would you like to see on the couch with Leo, Rebecca and myself in this series? 
Thank you both for being back with me. It is oh, it's so such nice a delight. It's so nice guys. for you to be here, Charlie. We are so glad you were able to make it. <laughs> I love I that Leo's, this is Leo's really doing unfair. the guilt trip on my behalf. <laughs> I feel really... I outsourced the guilt trip to Leo. Yeah, like <laughs> it's it's something that was so beyond my control. <laughs> Charlie, you had to be where you were, in fact. Yes, of course it you did. It was brilliant. I'm so glad you were there. The, the, the fact that we've got thriving communities and growing communities, we should be celebrating one of the pictures i saw of what was happening at kahila looked just brilliant absolutely brilliant even the food looked good it was a lovely service with amazing food and uh wonderful people but as was rebecca's bat mitzvah as i say that's one of the disadvantages of our lack of yeah. ability to be in uh, two places but it's available on our catch-up service so <laughs> so that's a great place rebecca take us into where if people want to hear your bat mitzvah or hear more from you where can they okay well if you want to watch my bat mitzvah it's on youtube but i will be posting kind of clips from it i think from the KLS, the Kingston Liberal Synagogue social media channels. Yeah, by the time this episode goes out, there will be clips from it there. Should you want to see me, Lane in Hebrew or my wise words of the Devatora. I'm also on Twitter personally, at rsingerman. And on Instagram, with pictures of my garden and cats, Rebecca Singerman Knight. Thank you, Rebecca. And Leo, if they want to be guilt-tripped, where do they come? <laughs> so they can follow me at WFC Kigo on a number of social media channels. Um, however, I am launching my second series of Synagogue Tech Forum, uh, which will be launching this week. We're Gosh, doing and every I other thought week. Succession third series was exciting. Synagogue Tech Forum is our second series where we work with synagogues and other Jewish organizations around the world in enabling them to bring content and community uh, to people who aren't able to make it to their services. So please find that if you are somebody who wants to get involved. And Charlie? Well, I'm all over the Liberal Judaism website, as one would hope, and um, on Twitter as Rab Charlie and on Facebook as Charlie Beginsky. Come over and say hello and don't forget to let us know mm. who should be in our studio this series. So it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from them. And uh, we will see you all, I hope, very, very soon. See you later, everyone. Goodbye. Bye-bye.